0: Not to me when it's hello and welcome to episode eleven, I think, of the Red airy podcast, returning for consecutive weeks to start twenty twenty four. I know it's fantastic, it's incredible, (laughs) buoyant after a stellar monster away win. Patricia was pretty strong. The monster would win. I hid behind that squirmishly. I won't lie, but all that matters is that we were both right and monster won. So it felt good. That's all that matters. Patricia, I'll open the floor to you. Monster won. You called it. It's it's a great week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I f- it, it feels a bit cheeky, to be honest, for you to say that we were both right and we both called it. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I, I called it. And then you just, like, yeah. stopped arguing with me after a few minutes. But, um, you know, I had complete faith in Munster going down and doing a job in this game. And, like... I was, even I wasn't really right because I said it would be a narrow monster win. And what it actually was, was they kind of blew the doors off them a little bit. Like it was an absolutely astonishing game. You know, I sort of was worried that they would do the second half thing that they've been doing. And, you know, I wasn't comfortable in it. I wasn't as comfortable in a lead like that as I should have been until it was like maybe 79 and a half minutes. And I was like, right, okay, they probably can't lose from here now, probably, but yeah. it when was that ball just...
0: gets turned over, it's kinda of like, okay, I think we have it won now. The kind of is literally kicking the ball into the stands. I think it's done.
1: But 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 I'm still not certain, like at the same time. <laughs> um but no, like, you know, I I did think that Monster would win. Like I I said that last week. I didn't think that they would, you know, go down necessarily get a try bonus point and deny Toulon any points. Um, you know, I thought it would be like a sort of a two or three point win, something like that. But Absolutely astonishing! Like what? What a performance! You know, like really showed that you know people who sort of have said you know after the run in December and like the couple of games, you know, like again the the first game against Leinster and and the Ulster game and things like that. Like for people who said that you know once they're finished, like one season wonders. You know, like they got lucky, whatever. It clearly just shows that those people don't actually really understand what they're watching because, like, as soon yeah. as this team got any bit of you know players, basically, they were they looked brilliant. And yeah, it was just it was beautiful to see on Saturday afternoon.
0: There's an element of like killer instinct about it. Like, the second that those lads are back, the second there was that extra layer of confidence and belief, it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like that first twenty minutes was an absolute onslaught, and then, like Jack obviously had a had a poor kick, right idea, poor execution, um, in the build up to the to their try. Yeah, um, I can't think. I think, can't think of the name. Apologies.
1: And... I really when they when they scored that, I was kind of like, okay, here we go, because that first twenty minutes, like a lot of people, I think, were sort of very doom and gloom about it. I was a bit more like, you know. Yes, Toulon have had all the ball, you know, they've been in sort of Munster's 22 for pretty much that entire 20 minutes. But every time they come, Munster strip them or they turn the ball over or Toulon knock it on. Like Toulon sort of had nothing for Munster in that regard. All they had was the ball. And then even then they didn't really have the ball because they kept losing it. Like it was, I thought, I actually thought it was quite positive Obviously, you want your team to have the ball. You want your team to be on the, the front foot. You don't want to open a big game like that with essentially 20 minutes of defense against a team that are, like, size-wise much bigger than you. But I thought that Munster handled it really, really well. And then, like you say, they scored that sort of tearaway try try, Toulon did. And I just kind of thought, oh, God, you know, here we are. And it went to 10-0. And I was kind of thinking, you know is it going to be one of those games where they get a losing bonus point and you think, like, we'll take it, I guess. Um, and it just sort of felt like the the last sort of 10 minutes of, of the first half onwards, it just felt like they sort of clicked into gear. They were like, oh, yeah, like, you know, our players are back. We are a champion side. Let's do the thing that champion sides do. And and it was, it was a really, really positive performance, I thought, like pretty much across the board.
0: Yeah. And it's the kind of, as you said, champions is the word. And like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, you know, you look at, say, no, there's not great examples. Cause like La Rochelle, Leinster, Toulouse, Bordeaux, all won by cricket scores at the weekend. But a typical elite team, you see them in these games, they fall behind. They just keep doing what they're doing and they get in front. And like Crowley's a good example because he tried something it didn't work. He tries something else with for the Z but try, it does work. He tries the kick in behind in the lead up to the John Hodnett break at the end, which looked like mm. it was going to be a certain try. Um, I know that was an opportunity Munster butchered. And like you go from his case where it was 10 0 after 15, 20 minutes, give or take, yeah. to leaving the game feeling like, Munster could have scored six tries. And they very easily could have only conceded like ten points. And if that yeah. happened, you know. Wow.
1: You kind of feel like the game almost, like the scoreboard almost favored Toulon in um, And, you know, like Jack Crowley, for example, like it is it is easy to forget how young Jack Crowley still is because he is such a sort of, he's so established now in that monster side and he plays with that sort of status around him. He has that kind of, like, he plays like a guy who's been playing for so much longer than he has. And like, it, you it wouldn't be unusual to see a player that young sort of do that kick in behind for that try that Toulon obviously then scored and sort of shrink into themselves. He didn't have a good start to the game and that could easily carry on. But like, it's just a mark of the player that he sort of, you know, shook his head and went, right, we go again kind of thing and ended up obviously with player of the match. And like, it just amazing what... Munster can do when they're not down to the barest of the bare bones. And I don't even mean that to be like disrespectful to the players who were playing because like in their own rights, none of them are necessarily bad players, but it's like, you can't, you just can't cope with being down to the bare bones that to that extent. And that's what we saw sort of against Leinster and against Connacht. And like, as soon as you had, you know, even without all of the second rows kind of thing, like, you know, even with Fanine Witcherly didn't make it, Oliver Yeager didn't make it, you know, Jean Clain is injured, Orgis Neyman is injured, Mike Haley, Romus Alnoa, like even even though you're still rattling off this huge list of names, just having those couple of players back made such a difference. And it was yeah. it was like night and day from that kind of game. And and in the way that this is what Munster can do. Like that's sort of what I guess what we expect to see from Munster, but it but what we're sort of what we know that Munster can do and like it doesn't make it any less of a sort of achievement that it's like Toulon you know lost their opening two games in Europe and everything like that like I mean essentially so did Munster I know they drew with Bayonne, but it's, it's still a hell of an achievement to go down and only be the fifth team in whatever it was 15 years to win down there in Europe like it was Super impressive across like one one to 23, just really, really good stuff,
0: and a very good two-long side. Like, you're looking at okay, Dan Bigger had a very poor game, it should be said. I thought Ben White was poor, and that led to a very stale attack. I thought the two of them were, were off-sync, like yeah. Leicester Fine Nuku, Melvin Jamine, Facundo Isa. They're great players, and despite a couple of people who very quickly, after full-time, reminded me, Well, Exeter won there. This is still a big win. It's still a huge win for Munster. It was a huge win for Exeter. It's a huge win for Munster as well. Because like there's no such thing as playing the French side away from home in France. And then being like, ah yeah, I suppose we'll kinda go for it. Because like you looked at the start of that game, it was unbelievable from them. You even looking at like the crowd, there's probably no bigger compliment a French crowd can pay to you than trying to sing over your fans. <laughs> and like there was three and a half thousand Monster fans there when you heard them it was always drowned out straight away afterwards because I think Chulon respected what, what Monster brought to the party on and off the pitch
1: huge Monster support now like I have been partial to an away trip to go watch Munster play myself and I was fuming that I didn't get my act together to book that one um because it looked like a great trip but I think like with that I suppose with the supporters like the thing is you know you can sort of roll your eyes at it, and I guess we do sort of take it for granted to an extent but like especially in the Heineken Cup all of these teams like once they're come with a reputation in this competition regardless of the fact that it's been so long since they won it regardless of the fact that they haven't really been a sort of top table competitive team in the Heineken Cup pretty much since then like that doesn't really matter when it comes to this competition, I I suppose, and Munster. Like, teams know that when Munster are coming to play them, that means something different than any other team coming to play them. And, like, I think that, you know, Munster obviously earned that and sort of proved why that's still the case with that win and, like, putting themselves in a position to somehow still be in contention for a home round of 16 draw because that's, I guess, what we do in the Highland Cup now. But, like, it was just so refreshing after the few weeks that Munster have had to watch them go out there and like it wasn't perfect which almost felt like a positive because it didn't feel like a sort of one-off you know there were still the work on there were still things that could have been better there were still things that had sort of misfired in other games that we saw misfiring in this one but it was a really really complete performance on both sides of the ball and it was a Resounding bonus point win for Munster, and there's not really much more you could want from it than that.
0: And on the pool stages, I just like to point out that with God and Eric Fitzgerald as my witness, I've always loved the EPCR. I've always stood by them. They are my guys. Um. thank you so much for this incredible pool stage format I love you to bits. despite the fact I was ratchel and raved about at the start of the season
1: I think the thing is like the Heineken Cup matters from this weekend on and that's a shame yeah. because it used to matter from the first weekend on but I don't necessarily think it's a worse competition it's just different now yeah. and like this weekend's games all feel like they matter because they kind of all like there's something riding on so many of these games and then obviously you get into the knockouts where obviously everything is riding on it. But like, you know, the first few games, you sort of don't really know. You've no sense of like who's qualifying and who's like what the permutations are until you sort of get to this stage. So it, it is a shame that you feel like you lose out on a few more rounds of meaningful games like you used to have with the old sort of closed off pools where everyone would play everyone kind of thing. But um, like from this weekend on, you know, monster know what they have to do um and they know what Bayon have to do, I suppose as well. But like they know what they have to do. And that's sort of the I think the most dangerous position for any other team is to come and play a monster team that know exactly what they have to do. I remember when they did the the two-legged round of sixteen that one year, which like not really to the point, but I think a two-legged fixture in rugby is the stupidest thing that's ever been conceived. It doesn't make any sense.
0: It's stupid when you don't have the aggregate up in the stadium and nobody has a clue what the actual score is. <laughs> but the is.
1: thing is, like like with aggregate games, like I get it in football because they score in ones. So like yeah. you only need to score one then to, you know, to win. But like in rugby, you know, you can score three, you can score five, you can score seven. Like the, the, the scores are so varying that it doesn't really make sense to have an aggregate game. But when they announced that you know that they were doing it this way, whatever, obviously, and then Munster ended up with extra chiefs, and they didn't know the um, whether it was going to be home first or away first. I remember saying to like anybody who would listen for so long, I was like, I Monster need to have the away game first, like they need yeah. to be back in Thurman Park knowing exactly what they need to qualify and regardless of how unlikely it looks they will do that and that's kind of what happened like in 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 that sense and that's what this game feels like against Northampton that like they know that five points puts them right in that hunt for that home round of 16 and even if they miss out on that then they still have the sort of they've given themselves the best chance they can, I suppose, in terms of those third place teams. It's very exciting now this weekend. And,
0: and I fucking love it. Like, I absolutely love the fact that we have Northampton. And I made the point last week before the Leinster-Stadt-France-A game, I was like, yeah, once Northampton mightn't sell out, but like Northampton, they're not a big draw. Like, they're just not a team that consistently would go deep in Europe. Now it's nearly sold out. It's yeah. an RTE game under lights in what's promised to be miserable conditions in the last round of Europe, like it's just it's made for Munster, and it's like they so, could they could like so they could Munster lose. Don't get me wrong, they could lose, they could draw, they mightn't win, they mightn't get the bonus point, whatever. But it is just so made for it. And the funny thing is, and I I couldn't believe this until I looked it up myself. This is the third year in a row that how Munster, who Munster play in the round of sixteen, will be decided in the very very last pool game. Like, it's Exeter Bayon on Sunday night, which, frankly, is a terrible last game of the pool stages. Um, Like, Sale, La was right there. But anyways, last year was Edinburgh-Saracens. We all thought we were going to Saracens last year, and then Edinburgh turned them over. And the year before, Exeter, and this is probably if you want to just listen in deeply, Exeter had to beat Montpellier to avoid playing Munster in the round of 16. They lost to Montpellier. They had to play Munster in the round of 16. So I'm not saying it will happen again, but I'm just putting it out into the universe that it's happened before, so it might happen again, and I've always said I've always loved Bayon, you know, always one of my favourite clubs.
1: Like, I've always, you know, had huge knowledge of the Bayon squad and the people who are in it, like, I've always sort of known that squad top to bottom. I've been very vocal about the fact that I would love if Munster do conspire to play away from home in the round of 16, which looks the most likely, like, I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to get that home draw or anything, I'm not that crazy or anything like that, but and it is possible, but it is unlikely. I, I have been very vocal about the fact that I would like that game to be away in France just because like I really would like a little mini break, you know, at the start be of nice. April. And and I don't really want to want a mini break to England. Like that's just kind of upsetting. You see, um, I'm kind of
0: half cheap. So if we got Northampton, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, so that would be kind of ideal. Like, do you know, Northampton in April, sure. who's going there? It's kind of like know, John Plain's like... quote from when I sat down, <laughs> I was like, Limerick. Shit place to go on holiday, or a great place to live. Same for he's Northampton.
1: R- he's right though. Imagine going to holiday on Limerick. What would what, what would you even do there? But oh, yeah. um
0: go to Clare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think like I you know, if it if it was Toulouse or Bordeaux or La Rochelle, like maybe not Lyon but that's for different reasons. But like, you know, I I'd love it to be a <laughs> oh, French yeah. a French, I'd love it to be a French team. But like whoever it ends up being, it it's you know, Munster are essentially qualified now and it was looking like we were going to have to pretend to care about the Challenge Cup, which, like, I'll level with you, would have been really difficult for me to do. Um, So, you know, if anything, Munster have saved us from that, and I'll always thank them for it.
0: Yeah, technically, they're not automatically qualified yet because it is possible that Glasgow beat Toulon and Bayon get a bonus point win over Exeter with Munster. Oh, no, no, I know losing.
1: that. I know that they're not qualified, oh, yeah. but just, they're, like, you know. Yeah,
0: they're nearly there. I just have it here in front of me, so I'm just trying to,
1: Barring sort of all of Munster's players walking out and accidentally forgetting their shorts and wearing their boots on their hands and like getting tape over their eyes, like Munster are basically qualified. So well, I
0: blame the people in the East Terrace for letting that happen. That's because <laughs> I think well, we'd have to have some self reflection if we let that happen. But it is Northampton top on 14. They're probably not going to send the kids because they have to try and get top spot. I feel like Exeter are on 13. They are away to Bayonne, as we said. Munster on eight, Glasgow on five. After the funniest loss possible, I'm sorry if your Glasgow friends that are listening. I'm that not. Was just, that is That was hilarious. I laughed. Um, and then Bay are on three, and Toulon are on two points. Didn't see that coming. Toulon the, bottom of this pool.
1: The great thing about the end of that extra versus Glasgow game is I actually didn't care like which what what way the desi- the decision went. Like it was so funny either way that I was just so happy like you know to have to have sort of watched them crumple that scrum and then watch a man try and kick it out and have the sort of nightmare like if i tried to kick that that's what would happen like i'd yeah. miss my foot with the ball and then then they score then he's offside was he offside i don't really know but the two scrum halves were sort of fighting each other off the ball anyway yeah. and then like it, it took so long to get there and i just i loved the whole thing i love when rugby sort of briefly goes slapstick comedy it's just one of my favorite things you know in in a small sort of isolated moment like that isn't in a monster match you know I love it it's one of my favorite things to watch and I was so happy with the whole thing
0: this isn't the Glasgow Boo Boys podcast so we can't reflect on it too much longer but it was incredibly funny and again to, to a broader point about Europe I think it's been a very good European campaign so far like Bordeaux-Saracen's extremely funny in another regard but an incredibly good game you know Leinster-La Rochelle was really good all of Monsters' games, I think, have been pretty decent. I know the Bayon game wasn't great, but if you're a neutral, removing yourself from the Monster situation, you're like, geez, it'd be great to see Bayon, you know. I think takes the Bayon game,
1: back. you know, regardless of how sort of sour it made us feel like, the Bayon game is one of those that you sort of have to take for what it was. You know, yeah. like a team playing their first ever Heineken Cup game, coming to sort of one of the most respected places in the Heineken Cup and you know, getting a result, like I know it was a draw, but it wasn't. Like we you know, we drew but we lost kind of thing. But like it's um for Bayon, like that was really special and their supporters celebrated like they'd won the fucking thing and good for them. Like that kind of thing was is sort of more than you'd wish it had happened not against Monster, but like it did, so you just sort of take it as what it was and, and move on. And obviously now it's the Exeter one sort of Sticks in the crawl more than the bayon one in terms of had monster not done that then like they'd be sitting pretty right now but that's in that sort of home spot, um. Yeah. But look, it's one of those things, and they basically know, have
0: it wrapped up. Like
1: you, you know, know like, like if they'd won that game, absolutely, and like but like you know, monster in the Heineken Cup are going to give you narrative. They're going to give you, you know call an ambulance but not for me like they that's just what they do and yeah we're seeing it again play out in real time this season it's so exciting yeah
0: now unfortunately I don't have Rugby Kino's incredible spreadsheet on me because I'm using a different laptop this evening but I do believe the game that Munster fans should look out for is Stormers against Stade Francais in Paris I think that's on Saturday I'm not sure because I think that's the one that will decide who Munster play if the Stormers win that it's more likely that we go to play them because realistically they they could be leapfrogged by, or if they don't win it, sorry, because La Rochelle, they play Sale. You imagine La Rochelle will win that and they could leapfrogged them. So I feel like that's the game to watch. Munster could possibly play Northampton or Exeter as well. Um, none of my things have me playing a Pool 2 club, none of my predictions. So I think we're it safe mean, there. It that
1: as long as they don't have to go to South Africa, I think that like... Monster can obviously win in South Africa. We've seen that, and any any team, I feel like, with the Bulls uh, away, like you're sort of you're sort of thinking, right? Like we'll sort of let's go, but have like it's just killer to have to go to South Africa, like Monster did last season, like having to go down to South Africa at that time of year, and then you know sort of potentially come back up the following week to play whoever, like it it, if it's. You know any sort of English or French team? Part of me thinks that it'd be really funny if it was somehow Leinster because, like, I would—I just kind of would love that a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm. It, there's so much up in the air with it, and that's kind of what's fun. Like, you don't really want sort of all of like all of the pools to be wrapped up. You know, you want that sort of. Yeah. You know, maybe Bayon do beat Exeter. Like, they only have to win eight nil. Like, kind of who knows sort of thing for Munster, Like, it's. I love that kind yeah. of thing about the Heineken Cup. Like you can sort of look at a, a game and go, you know, I think we all know what's going to happen here. But you, this actually, the the other thing actually could happen, like in theory, like, it, you know, hypothetically, yeah. it is it is actually possible. um, And that makes it fun. But like... Uh, if Munster anyone... have a full
0: squad for the round of 16, it's a big if, don't get me wrong. We're still going to be <laughs> out like, Jack O'Donoghue, jean Plain, Edward Edwin Madogbo. They're probably all going to be on oh. anyway.
1: John Payne with that exclusive scoop, by the way, of like, yeah, I'm fit for next season, but I'm going to hope that I'll be fit for the end of this season as well.
0: I would like everyone messaged me about that. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I assumed he meant rugby championship. To be honest, when he said it, I was like, he's all about the rugby championship. I'm like, that's obviously what it is. He wants he wants to beat Australia and their unnamed head coach. And then I was like, shit, maybe he does actually mean the end of this season because it doesn't end till June. Because <laughs>
1: also, like, I don't think the rugby championship, like... is. Really counts. Like this season is surely not a real
0: competition. Yeah, fair enough. No, I don't mean that.
1: I mean like if you were saying this season, I feel like that's like the start of South Africa's next season, as opposed to the end of the end of this season. But like you know, we'll see. I think that Munster proved last season that they can win away anywhere. I just think that like obviously, just logistically, it would be great if it didn't have to be South Africa at this stage of the competition. I'd much rather see them go if they have to go away. To either England or France, like I'd back them anywhere. Um, I'd like I'd back them to, like, look realistically, I'd back them to turn over the Stormers. They only did, it, they only did it the twice there last season. Like they, they could definitely do it again. But um, if it if it could just not be the Bulls, that would be great because yeah, that's basically I just like a guaranteed L. Like you may as well send the academy. Like it's just finished. Wrap it up. Move and
0: on. I think the big thing is if they could, if they could on a wing and a prayer get a home round of sixteen game the tails could be up heading into a quarterfinal. And sometimes that whole element that you said of like certain teams don't want to play Munster. You don't know. You could have like Leon against Sale as the other game. And then you're like, right, well, fuck Leon and fuck Sale. Like we could take either of them in a in a quarterfinal. And like that's yeah. where, that's where European pedigree starts to kick in. we seen it a few years ago. Um, I think it was the year the round of 16, the two-legged games where there was some weird quarterfinals and then you just looked at it, and when you're reading the fixtures, you're like, well, it's just going to be one of the big three through to the final anyway, because all the rest of the teams are going to crumble. And we said the same thing about Exeter and Stormers last year. Whoever was going to go on was just going to lose to La Rochelle anyways. And sometimes that's where Munster, I feel like, I know it is, well, what if they'd beaten Exeter? What if they got gotten off the line against Bayon? Like, realistically, Munster should be on... I think realistically, Munster should be on 15 points in this pool. Because I yeah. don't think they beat beyond without getting the four-try bonus point. It's the fact they didn't score four tries that it became an issue. And if that was the case, you'd be looking at, you know, anyone at home in the next two games and you'd be really eyeing it up. But that's not where we are. We did need a big win in Toulon. It was a huge win. Um, We always talk about the players that stood out. And I know you could probably name maybe 10 of the starting 15 that really stood out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe just, I know you have your guys and you will probably want to talk about the two best friends and I will let you do that. I won't stand on your toes this week. (laughs) But I just listed Jeremy Luckman, Niall Scanlon, Thomas De John Hodnett, Gavin Coombs, Craig Casey, Jack Curley, my Ireland starting halfbacks in Marseille. Thank you very much. Please and thank you. Alex Nagevel, the man himself, Calvin Nash and Simon Zebel. I know who you want to take, but just jump in wherever you want there.
1: Uh, what I would like to say first and foremost is Niall Scandal, my lord and saviour. Like, I literally am the religion of Niall Scandal. It is unbelievable for the guy to have not played since, what, May?
0: He hadn't played since the C final. He's not lost a game since, like, April.
1: What a guy. Like, it, not, to have not played for that long and to come back and just, like... You know, the first line out throw where it just went to the guy it was supposed to go to with sort of power, accuracy, confidence. It, it, was, like fucking, oh, it was like noises
0: the fucking. Oh, it was that.
1: the. Clouds had parishes. Like, it was. It, it was like such a release. It, oh my God, it was amazing. It was just like the moment of the year so far. It was unreal. And it was, all it was was just a basic line out throw. It was brilliant. And he scrummaged so well. Um, Like, for you know Niall Scandal is is a very good sort of I guess nuts and bolts player like that sounds sort of like I'm doing him down a bit but like he's a very good line out thrower he's a good scrummager like but but after not playing for that long you could sort of forgive a little bit of rustiness but there wasn't any like he just came out no. straight away was like oh let's do everything that it, like to the basic level just extremely well and that's he had what a point he
0: did. to prove didn't he like he was really so. playing like that.
1: And like, you know, Dermot Barron is out for a few weeks and he's kind of saying, you know, like, this is my jersey again, I suppose. And like, I'm going to make sure that it stays that way for as long as possible. And look, I was informed before we started recording that we're going to talk about the Ireland squad, which seems a bit stupid. But anyway, like John Hodnett in this game, I don't know, like, I don't know how, I mean, I know that Tom O'Hearn played in the second row, right? But if you take, the back row of Ahern, Hodnett and Coombs, like the trio. I don't, I don't know, like name three players in the country right now who are playing better than those three. I really don't know if you can like the work that these three guys are putting in the, the sort of everything like Tom Ahern is a physical freak. I, I just like when he caught the ball in that cross field, I was like, well, he's going to score now because that's sort of just a thing that happens seemingly. You know, John Hodnett, I thought, had a super, super game. Like, just one of those games. He was everywhere.
0: Just, he was just everywhere from One on. of those
1: games where you just go, like, yeah, I am watching an absolute top-level rugby player here. Like, you you know, you sort of, you feel like sometimes you get tricked into thinking that it's kind of like the Tyburn thing of, like, oh, is he not playing that well? But he just consistently plays so well that it feels like it doesn't stand out anymore because you're. It's so not where Gavin Coombs
0: has gone as well. Like I Absolutely. feel like Gavin Coombs doesn't yeah. have the moments, but like this time last year, it was he's all moments and nothing else, and now it's he's no moments but he's doing everything else.
1: Yeah, it's like in their own sort of ways, like the three of them are just playing so so well, like it it, it absolute like top level stuff from the three of them, and you know, I I can't help but love. The friendship between John Hodnett and Tom Ahern. I really can't. like it's And it's Access one of those... Monster
0: are getting in on it as well. As flat. they
1: should. As they should. It's one of those things that, like, anytime you see a photo of them or, like, a comment or a sort of, you just see them walking around after a match, like, I love it. It's, like, I guess on a wider level, it sort of, like, speaks to the culture of the group, like, whatever sort of bullshit words you want to put around it. But those are just two guys who just love each other's company, who are just, playing the best rugby imaginable at the highest level together and they're clearly so happy to be doing it but but to be also like especially to be doing it together and I think that that's like you know that's special like everybody needs their best friend and they they're sort of taking over the world with their best friend and I love that and I just think that they're both just such good rugby players it's just unbelievable
0: I couldn't trust myself and my own best friends to not be injured for the entirety of the season. Um, One of them has played a lot of rugby and has been injured for most of the seasons he's played. And I'm just brittle. But I did look up Niles Scannell's record. Um, so since in, in the last calendar year, give or take, so since the Toulouse game in last January, he's lost one game of rugby, which is remarkable. Now, granted, Munster have only lost two until... You know, from there on to the end of the season. But it's still kind of funny when you read it's like he's only lost one single game in like 12 months. And he, he comes back like... and just hits his line. I was like, guys, like, what have you been doing? This is so easy. Tight burn with it like tight spiral to the back of the lineup. Easy does it.
1: You guys are in a crisis. I'm on my way kind of thing from Nice Channel, <laughs> yeah. Like, you just, yeah. It was, it was an action movie. So positive. Like, so everybody played well, you know. I thought that Jack Crowley did start poorly, but like I say, like massively pulled it back. Like, would I have given him player of the match? Like, probably not, but it, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. Like those things don't really matter. Like it, he he deserves a cuddly toy zebra as much as the rest of us do. Um, I want one of those. Like every time, to- every every game I watch now in this tournament, like monster game, whoever, any game, and I see a player with one of those after the match, I'm like, you see, the thing is, where do I buy one? <laughs>
0: Do I have to get a job at Investec to get one of those? What, well,
1: what do Investec do? Are they like insurance? Because like I'll switch my insurance this minute if, if it means I get a zebra. Like it's fine. I don't even. I don't even care. Have but yeah, no like, I'll Simon Zebo. In... Simon's evil, by the way. Yeah. Like you know, it's it almost makes me laugh because like this guy kind of should be finished. I kind of thought he was finished. Like, I kind of thought he was basically retired. He was just showing up training for the crack, and then he's come out like and just. Put together a, a really impressive few performances like that, you know. Obviously, scored a try at the weekend and sort of went, you know. I am still Simon Zeebo, by the way, for anybody who was wondering. Like, uh, and yeah, I'm a big fan of, you know, he's playing with a smile on his face. And why wouldn't you be, I suppose, when you've sort of come back in on a run like that? And I think that it's, it speaks to that, that, you know, when he wasn't named in the punditry panel for the Six Nations, everyone sort of went, Surely not. Like, is it actually happening? No, not that's because there's
0: a lack of characters. There's himself and Jerry Flannery and everyone else. No disrespect. There's an awful lot of like really boring people haven't Simon <laughs> Zebo there to take the piss on like what Jamie Heastlum is wearing or sitting like that just I think that's the main reason. No,
1: but people kind of thought, like, <laughs> is he actually in the squad? Like, is is this actually why? Oh, yeah. And I and I think that like proper you
0: know, Joe.ie content.
1: Obviously, given the sort of injury situation in in the back three at, at Ireland like it would have been you know sort of extenuating circumstances I suppose but the fact that like it
0: would have been funny just say the words Patricia. it would be funny <laughs> if Ireland picked him and like you know some random guy from St. Michael's wasn't called up instead and it would well, have look. just caused outrage.
1: It would have been absolutely hilarious if Simon Zebo had been in the Ireland squad today. Do not get me twisted for one second. But I think the fact (laughs) that it was like a conversation that was even semi seriously able to be had speaks to the run of performances he's put in over the past like month or so. That was kind of my point more so than like just taking the piss out of Simon Zebo, which I do also enjoy doing but (laughs) like it comes from a good place because I like he's playing well like there's not really much more you can say about it. Like you know people sort of take the piss out of his I guess like his appearances of late in terms of there haven't been many of them or like his condition or whatever it is, but like he's going out and he's playing well. So yeah.
0: And a lot of that is just people don't like a guy when we find any reason not to like a guy. And yeah. Simon Zebo, he rubs some people up the wrong way because he's trying to rub some people up the wrong way. Like let's not, he's not a saint. He's trying to do it sometimes. And I do enjoy that. My only thing on Zebo, and I do want to touch upon a few other players For Zeebs, I think his signing has been successful and a lot of people don't agree with me, but like first season was brilliant at URC level. It played a couple of European games and played well, but struggled to break past, you know, Conway and Earls who were the Irish wingers at the time, which is fair enough. You know, that's Mm -hmm. a tough door to break down. Last year, he was injured a lot, but when he was there, he looked good. Again, it was lower level URC games. And this year, What's he played? Four games. And he's looked really, really good in all of them. And he, he mightn't even start this weekend because apparently Mike Haley's back. Um, just a nice way to drop that in there. Apparently he's back and he could be up for selection. And if Seeds doesn't start, and we'll still probably see him in the, Crusader, in the Crusaders game, he'd probably play last there.
1: And I, love I think how... it's been... You know. I love how Munster are trying to be coy about Mike Haley and sort of maybe surprise some people and you're just running your mouth everywhere you can possibly yeah. go to say, look, Mike Hayley's going to play this weekend, everyone. Hey, I've been saying Mike
0: this Haley? for two weeks. I'm remember like...
1: Mike Hayley, he'll play this weekend. And it's like Munster are trying to sort of, you know, do a little flat of the ankle under the skirt and go, oh, Mike yeah. Hayley, like maybe. And you're going, hey, everyone, just
0: a bit. Mike Hayley's going to play. Yeah, well, to be honest now, do you blame me? Like there's something about Mike that is just... Honor- Someone said... When the team gets, if he gets named at the weekend, it's just going to be proper Undertaker music. And now you've just reminded me it won't. Because anyone who follows me on Twitter would just see Mike Haley is like the first name of the squad updates. I'm like, oh, they're saying he's not training. Wink, wink. I think he <laughs> is. But I do want to touch on Alex Nankavell as well. Just the midfield, actually. Craig, Jack, and Alex. I thought they were fantastic. I, there's something about Alex and we're i'd really like to get him on this show because he'd be such a good crack but he's just the kind of guy who you tackle him he doesn't go down you know you he tackles you you go backwards he just carries with venom he's a bit of fun he expresses himself and like i think he's a very well suited 12 to jack as well Mm and to and to antoine the other side because he offers a power dynamic he's probably not the greatest distributor that we've ever seen at 12 um well he offers a power and a link up play he's defensively rock solid and like i think this he is a plays lot, 12
1: he? he plays 12 quite a lot like how jack crowley plays 12 like yeah. when jack played 12 say at the end of last season and i feel like he he sort of gets the best of both worlds in that he gets to play at 10 but he has a player outside him who plays like he would play in that situation so like, and he's got think a that... jackal
0: threat at twelve, which I find I love. Like Jack Crowley is not afraid to hit rocks. Alex Dankovel wins rocks, and I don't yeah. care what people say about like, oh, you have to mind yourself. And they're like, no, get stuck in there, win that turnover. That is exactly what I want. That's what I remember seeing Rua to do, and that's what I want every monster midfielder to do for the rest of the time. And that's you know, you know, no pressure te- there.
1: Teams have gotten conditioned to playing Munster seeing a blue scrum cap and saying right we either run at this guy so that he's the tackler so that he can't turn over or we run at the guy like three down from him so that he can't get there in time to turn it over and like now it's now it's kind of like shit there's another one and he's not even wearing a hat so we're not even really gonna know which one he is like it's he is yeah he was really really good again and he's one of those guys that you just like you just enjoy watching him play I'm really enjoying watching him play for Munster now and yeah yeah like I just want to it's one of those guys where you're just like I want to see more of him I want to see more of him playing outside of Jack I want to see more of him playing with Antoine Frisch like it's yeah really really good stuff
0: it'd be cool to see what he can do against the Crusaders as well because not only being New Zealander but lost the Super Rugby final with the Chiefs last year against the Crusaders he have Joey inside him in that game as well you, I love you the assume. narrative
1: of that game in that you've got John Ryan and Alex Nankavell who lost that final and then you've got Oliver Yeager who is like sort of I know he's Irish but he's like Crusaders born and bred nearly kind of thing like I think that's so fun like you don't normally I guess Lee
0: Halfpenny and Ryan Crotty (laughs) you
1: don't normally have like sort of in a game like that like a sort of once off exhibition match you wouldn't normally have that those many like sort of subplots running through it so that's that's really fun as well
0: The I remember that they're actually calling it like the clash of champions as well I only remember that during the week because it has not been listed since the original announcement. I'm like, shit, we really need to get back into that. Um, Just because, you know, Six Nations time. It's not a time to be friendly. It's a time to take the piss out of everyone. Speaking of the Six Nations, I know Patricia doesn't really want to talk about Ireland, but there is a large monster contingent on the senior men's and under 20 men's. We have
1: different understandings of the (laughs) word large.
0: (laughs) Well, Oliver Yeager's a large man, so, you know, you could start with that. He, he he's, looks... not even in, he's not even in the squad.
1: That's
0: ah, a big round. But anyways, <laughs> Munster's own, Munster's finest, Munster's legend, Peter O'Mahony, has oh, been captain, named...
1: My captain.
0: Oh, captain, my captain, has been named Ireland captain, succeeding Johnny Sexton. And just to top it, maybe all off, we also have monster, sick captain of the under-20s in Evan O'Connell. Like, listen... If Ireland women's want to select a monster captain, I would not say no right now, just because why not? But Peter absolutely deserves the gig. There's no doubt about that. Patricia, you want to go um, in there?
1: Um, Ireland women aren't allowed to select a monster captain, like, legally. It doesn't really work like that. But, um, the like, Peter O'Mahony being Ireland captain is one of those things that, like, it's the most correct sounding thing you've ever heard. Like, this should have happened, yeah. like. Twenty-seven years ago, you know, like it's one of those. It feels like Peter O'Mahony should have been Ireland captain for so long, and it sort of feels like for the last four years, Peter O'Mahony has been Ireland captain. You know, they've just let Johnny think that it was him so that he didn't like throw us off. You know, and that's like I think I don't. I think that Johnny Sexton's a very good captain, but like Peter O'Mahony is a captain, like sort of to his core. And you know, he's been Munster captain since his like fucking first match or whatever it was, like something ridiculous like that. And and you know, he's obviously been Ireland captain before, but to be the sort of tournament captain, you know, it, it's it's about time. Like it's so special to see, you know, I know that he's not Monster Captain anymore, but he is sort of our captain. Like he is such
0: he's a, a spiritual captain. leader.
1: He's such a captain. Like that's just sort of yeah. what he is. So like seeing Peter O'Mahony and then you know, open bracket, small C, close bracket, like it's just the most natural thing in the world, no matter what team it's for. You know, he captained the Lions in a test match. He He's captained Munster 82 million times. He's been Ireland captain before. You know, he's the first sort of go-to to be captain when the captain leaves the pitch for Ireland sort of thing. And now he is the actual Ireland captain. It just feels like the rightest thing in the world.
0: Yeah, it does. It does kind of feel right. And what I'm going to enjoy now is the same people who would have said at the start of the week, Oh, Peter Manning had it over the Munster captaincy because he knew he was leaving and now going to say Peter manny had it over the Munster captaincy because they knew he was getting the Ireland captaincy neither of those two things will be true <laughs> but we'll enjoy the 2 plus 2 equals 12 maths I'm really enjoying
1: the sort of tying in knots that people are doing themselves and being like you know this guy is not actually he's old and past it and not important enough for a central contract But well, of course he's Ireland captain he's one of the most important players in the team I've always said this what do you saying?
0: Yeah. Like, why don't you uh, just
1: choose one thing to think and then you think that thing? Yeah.
0: The funny thing is, like, people will say, does he start? Like, does he start at six? And I'm just going to spend like the next two weeks being like, could start at seven. I mean, what's to say he can't start at seven? Like, it's all, all just numbers at the end of the day, guys. Um, There probably won't be. Well, there probably be a few starters, I feel like. Um, of the monster contingent because he is joined by Jeremy Luckman who is back in the Six Nations squad. Ty Byrne of course, Craig Casey, Connor Murray, Jack Crowley, and Calvin Nash. While Ollie Yeager and Thomas Ahern are on babysitting duty in the training panel. Unfortunately for them, um, I think they just picked Ollie because he looked like he might be Luke Hitler's uncle in terms of the aging mm-hmm. sphere of things. And Thomas Hearn deserves being there. The one hope is I think they'll be fit to. Pr- they'll be yeah. Uh, They'd be released to play the Crusaders, I would imagine.
1: I'm sorry if they had Thomas Hurry as fucking chief of mind in the tackle bikes, and then they didn't release them to play in like a big game for Munster. You'd ha- you'd actually have to just be like, like what the fuck is the point? Um, yeah. I look, I don't want to do the Ireland squad thing because I don't like you know we're talking about but Munster. Let's move on to the twenties. I would just much rather talk about Munster. I just think that you know the Ireland squad is what it is. It's The same Ireland squad as we've seen for everything else. Like I think that. I, I genuinely think it's insulting to pretend that Tom O'Hearn is like not ready to be in a real squad. I I don't I don't get it, and I don't really want to get it. Um, you know, Casey and Crowley should be the halfbacks. I don't think they will be for another year yet. Like, yeah, it's a, it's an Ireland squad. Like Ireland, we all know the way Ireland do things. That's the way they're going to keep doing things. Um, part of me thinks that you know I would rather have. Hodnett and Coombs and Frisch and Daly playing for Munster, training at Munster, sort of being kept fit and minded by Munster. But these players do deserve that recognition. You know, they're playing well enough, you know, for any other test country, uh, uh, Gavin Coombs, sorry, would not have two test caps. Like John Hodnett would not be uncapped. Antoine Frisch would not be uncapped. And that's where it gets kind of frustrating. But like, it's Ireland, you know, we sort of all know How they do things, and yeah, that's just one of those things. It's just an Ireland squad. Like, there's not even really anything remarkable about it. It's literally just an Ireland squad. You could have copy and pasted the World Cup squad and told me that that was the that was the Ireland squad, and I would have been like, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, I I definitely wouldn't have noticed. Wait, when did
1: when did Johnny and Keith Rosen retire? (laughs) Other than that, like, I would have been like, yeah, that's that's clearly just the Ireland squad, like.
0: I will mention the Under Twenties because it's obviously a great honor for those lads as well who are included. So Evan O'Connell will captain the squad um heading into their opening game against France as well. In addition, there are Munster players named in the squad in the form of Brian Leeson, Danny Sheehan, Sean Dogbo, Luke Murphy, Jacob Reardon, Stephen Kiley, and Ben O'Connor. And how cool is it that two of Munster's Iron Under Twenties would have played Heineken Cup Rugby? One of which yeah. before he makes his Ireland under 20 debut. That is no matter what way you look at it, that is pretty cool. I know it's because of injuries. I understand that. But it is pretty cool to see for for them. Like.
1: Yeah, it's still a testament to like the sort of the way that Monster Train and the way that they sort of look after the squad, that those players were able to play those games. Like you could, you know, I know that they had to play those games because of injury, but at the same time, they were able to step up kind of thing. Like Ben O'Connor didn't look massively out of place in that game, all things considered. Like it's it that is sort of very impressive on all fronts, like from a Munster point of view and from the players themselves. Like to see Sean the in there, that's very exciting. Like that's yeah. sort of one where you kind of go, Oh, like are we sort of I it, can't wait for Sean Dogbow
0: when Ireland beats Scotland by hundred and seventeen points in what's now a national holiday of a routing. Like he's just gonna rip up trees. That's on Patrick's Day as well, I think down in Cork like he could the whole of Cove might be just sitting on the wall outside Musgrave just to see a glimpse of him he, his stardom could reach that high by then
1: they'll um, be at the fun fair at the Black Ash and they'll be just waiting for you know they'll be on the Ferris wheel like looking in and every time the wheel goes up he scores a try and then they come back and then they go up again and he's scoring again and <laughs>
0: he knocks on it that goes down and then he scores a try because off girlfriend and it'd be fun, but best of luck to all those lads. It's a huge honour as well for under-20s. It's it's important to note that as well. In actual mm. injury news, I have so little injury news. It's so There's none.
1: There's none. There's, it's, literally so, when they posted that squad update and they were like, there are no fresh injury concerns after the two. I was like, what? I've never <laughs> seen this before. You know, what language we, is this? We it? used the
0: squad update from the Northampton game last year. That's what's after happening here. <laughs> like, um, What
1: language are they speaking right now?
0: Jack who somehow won't require surgery, despite it being seen like he was going to be out for like a year. So he's only going to be out until, he could well be back by the end of the season, which is remarkable. But that lad's made a steal anyway. It's just great for him,
1: like for Jack. Like it's not, you know, obviously for Munster too, but like for the player himself, you just don't want to see players have to go through that kind of thing. And to see that it doesn't need surgery was just like, you felt like you just sort of a weight lifting off, like the collective chest of just everyone after seeing him go off like that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeager should be back this week. He's re- he's still going to go and return to play protocols. And as we said last week, if he doesn't play because of RTP protocols, that's fair enough. I think yeah. I think we both have the same angle on that. Yeah. Jack Daly yeah. is back training as well for the first time since preseason, which is great. The poor lad has been cursed with injuries. It'd be great to see days him back
1: before he's injured again. I'd say.
0: Yeah, but like if we can get him back for the Crusaders game, we might need him that week. Um, yeah. So it'd be great to see, and he's he's a very good talent. I seen him in preseason against Connacht. I was at that game, and he was really really good that day. So it'd be great just to see him hit so, goals. I so
1: unlucky. Like that's you know just one yeah. of those just absolutely just you know someone someone put a hex on that guy once upon a time. Like just absolutely cursed. You'd hope he gets a good run. Like you want to see players get a run.
0: Absolutely, and then. Yeah, so on to this weekend then it's Northampton for the third time. You skipped a bit months. of the
1: squad update where it says that Mike Hayley will return to training in the next few weeks, like because you're just but decided. I said that last
0: week. I you're just like, decided that he's
1: back now. Like
0: I said that last week, so I'm like, I don't care. I also said Keen Hurley was back training last week, so I'm like, you know this thing, guys. Like, tune in. Listen, listen to every word that we say. Like, I want people at home to be hanging off every word, and then when we're ultimately embarrassed by our predictions when Monster don't get out of the pool now, and we're going to be like, you said that they make a semi-final. And that's, that'll just be the fun of it. But we won't. I
1: said they were going to win this competition. I stand oh, by yeah, it. Right. I also said they were going to win last week. And I, I was right. I'm going to say that they're <laughs> going to win this week as well. So,
0: And you might be right. You might be right again. Um, it. it is Northampton this. It is Northampton this weekend. It's nearly sold out. Now, my theory is that no one has ever bought a ticket for the South Terrace in their life. north terrace yes i feel like south terrace is just like no disrespect to people who go in there i've never actually seen someone like walk into it they just arrive
1: don't know anyone who's ever been to the south terrace it feels like these are people who just sort of wandered up it feels like they got like mannequins to stand in the south terrace (laughs) and make it look like there's people there i i've never been in the south terrace myself Um, i i have i have watched matches from the north terrace like i've I've done the North Terrace a few times. I quite like the North Terrace, actually. Uh-huh. Um, It's no East Terrace, but I do like the North Terrace. But, like, I d- nobody I know has ever been to the South Terrace. Nobody I know knows anyone who's been to the South Terrace. Like, I feel like they could, like, get rid of the South. Like, the South Terrace could be, like, knocked down tomorrow and nobody would notice on Saturday. That's kind of... <laughs> it would
0: just be the usual flag that you see for the URC games. <laughs> Everyone would be like, well, oh, sure, that was already there, wasn't it? That wasn't a stand. Oh, shit, it was um but yeah, so, yeah. Like it's
1: gonna be a bumper crowd for a game that sort of felt like it might be a bit of a, a disappointment in terms of you know Munster weren't looking good qualification wise Northampton are in flying form it must be said but they're not like a quote-unquote big draw team like they 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 just aren't they're not one of those names that you would look at and see oh Munster are playing Northampton like that's you know appointment viewing um but yeah, like the, it feels like the stars have aligned a bit. Like it's going to be a, a huge crowd there, um, which is oh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. it. It's it's been sort of building and building and building, and obviously Munster got that win then against Toulon, and it feels like one of those ones where you're kind of like I want it to be Saturday now.
0: Yeah, it went from twenty thousand tickets sold to a couple of hundred or a thousand tickets left um, by like Tuesday, by like yesterday mm-hmm. after the Toulon game, and that just shows people were like oh yeah, but that's, like, that always happens. It's like, I know, but, like, it's promised to rain and be, like, minus 17 degrees on <laughs> Saturday with the wind that'll actually hit you at the back and front of your head. But, like, no one really cares because, like, as far as I'm concerned, European rugby in the moment park is played under lights in the evening time against an English or French team and it's bitter cold and you can see your own breath more you can see the players. But fuck it, it's a lot of fun. And I think that's what we're going to get this weekend. I hope so. Because Munster, as we say, they can take second. They'll probably end up finishing third if they win the game. But they could take second, possibly. And then you got a Saints side who are top of the pool and top of the minor championship of the Premiership. So, I mean, I watched them against Bayonne. Bayonne were terrible. Maxine Maschino couldn't outpace Courtney Laws at one stage. And that kind of said it all. But North Courtney Hampton. Laws
1: is a, a top-quality player, like it must be said. I'm no yeah. fan of the guy. I'm really not. But, um,
0: good good rugby pair.
1: Talk well, he's playing the best rugby of his career, I'd say, the last sort of year, year and a half. Like, Northampton are no sort of, this is no easy game for Munster. Like, this is not a gimme win, never mind the gimme bonus points. Like, it's, you know, it's going to be a proper competitive fixture. I think that, you know, Munster, with their sort of tails up after that Toulon game, their squad sort of starting to touch wood, like, cause I just, you know, something bad could happen. You know, they could fall again off the bus. Um, it you know, could like, be icy I'd, now. It could I be slippery. I tell you what, like I have slipped around there before. Like they want oh. to sort of figure that out because like, you know, one time it must've been that to lose game last year where it was, you know, the freezing fog and the minus 63 degrees. Like, there were people falling all over the place. I saw one guy falling his head off the step. And like, I went to go over to help, but like I was next in line to get a hot dog. So like, I was kind <laughs> of just a bit like, I don't really know what to do here. And it, like other people helped him and he was fine. But I was kind of thinking, you know, like I've been queuing here and sort of, but um, it was know, so like, cold
0: that day. I was, oh, I was up in the press box because I was working for Oval Insights for that game. It was so cold that they had to salt the footpaths um, at halftime and, and just before full time. And still, people were like, "Oh my god, my legs gonna go, my legs gonna go." And then eventually, because you go into like the ten year season ticket to go like down the press area, whatever. And the second everyone got inside, it was like, "Oh, (laughs) it was the coldest fucking spot." And if we have the same thing this weekend, I really don't care. Like, I really don't like. Just it makes it so much more fun. It's weird, but I just find it so much more fun when it's that cold.
1: Yeah, it feels like one of those like you know being at the world cup games you were sort of like why is it 30 degrees like I'm watching a rugby match like I should be wearing my big coat like I should be you know like yeah. so fucking cold and I think that that's you know I'd love it if it didn't rain but it looks like it's going to which look is one of those things Um, it feels like it sort of has to rain if there's a match in Limerick or you know sort of whoever they sort of sold their soul to will, will be unhappy it feels like you know they did a rain dance and it just went the wrong way um and I just feel like yeah, big crowd. You know the light show. If they, oh, I hope they do that half half time lights thing that they did on Steven's Day because that was excellent. Um, that was the
0: best version of what they've ever done. I think of all of they, the lights, the zombie, and even it, it was the yeah the best. with the
1: phone, the phone lights. It was super. And you know, yeah. big crowd, big monster team. Like it feels like it's set up. And I think that we're all guilty of sort of getting sucked into that with Munster sometimes Um in that, you know, oh, but like Munster will win because they're Munster kind of thing. And I don't think that that's necessarily what's going to happen here, but...
0: We did say that last week though. Like that was literally a uh, five minute conversation between us.
1: <laughs> that was like kind of the only basis I had for saying Monster were going to win last week. But I do think that they're also going to win this week. And I do actually think it'll be a narrow win as opposed to, you know, like last week when I said that and then it wasn't. Um this is going to be like an incredibly tight competitive game. Like Northampton are in such good form at the moment. Like they're a quality side. It's not that they're going to come, you know, they're not going to send the under 12s to Thoman Park. They're going to come looking to win in Thoman Park. And they're more than capable of doing that.
0: Yeah. I think the most important thing for us and listen, I I say this a lot in my own podcast on here. Tom Savage has not released his analysis in Northampton yet, so I don't know much about Northampton <laughs> yet because no one else in Irish or the media is going to do, apart from Tom. Um, but having watched them this season a small bit and watched them last year, I do still think the most important thing for us is if we could just slow them down at halfback in particular. Yeah, they might get a quick ball and they might do all right, but I just think we did a brilliant job against Alex Mitchell last year and Finn Smith was a year younger. But like I just think that's a position. And Dennis Lee name-checked, you know, they're 6-12 to 12 during the week of the press conference. He said, that's kind of the line where you're like, okay, these guys are these guys could threaten us. And like Cordy Law's a good player. They've known Lewis Ludlam. You know, Tom Pearson's a very good player Um, who played very well the last day. They've got some good wingers, but like I just feel like there's a monster side who defended so well last week. And if it yeah. is going to rain and it is going to be cold, like they're going to embrace that. I think it will slow down Northampton. You know, put Finn Smith under pressure. Put Rory Hutchinson, Alex Mitchell. Put these guys under pressure. See if they can just kind of grind it out. Because to be fair, like, they've had three European games. The Premiership is all about quick ball, quick ball, quick ball. Let's play, like, 15 men playing sevens. And then their European games have been pretty open. You know, they went up to Glasgow it was an open game. The two-long game last week, they obviously, scored, like, 60, 70 points. I don't know. It was a landslide victory i think we can slow them down ruffle their feathers i don't think they'll like it and i think the, just the most important thing from what we've seen last year was just stay on them stay yeah. on their case it happened in franklin's gardens last year where we just did not let them back into that game we refused to let them get in yeah important like i've
1: said it a few times that game sort of goes like much you know forgotten and unspoken about that game in Franklin's Gardens, the second half of that game, is one of my favourite things I've ever watched for Munster. Like, I, I think they probably had 0% possession in that second half. It was just 40 yeah. minutes of the Until most... it
0: looked like we get a bonus point because we got, like, two attacks that looked like we were going to score off all the time.
1: It's like, a, the most... Like, 40 minutes of the most perfect defence you've ever seen. Like, Northampton never even looked like scoring. It must have been the most frustrating thing in the world for them. And I could see the game being sort of like that. I think, like... I do think Munster will win. I it funnily enough, like I think a bonus point win is not like beyond the realms. It's not like sort of Cloud Cuckoo land stuff because
0: it, this is what we say every week because Munster can just that's how many points.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like so, you know, while I think it'll be I could see all I could also see Northampton getting one or two bonus points, that like that kind of game. But um I yeah, I, I think Munster are gonna win. Like I'd be lying if I said otherwise.
0: Yeah, I, I think they will as well. I do think they could get a bonus point. I think the big thing is, you see, like, depending on how the game unfolds, like, I don't know. I just feel like, what will Northampton's mindset be? Will they just try and shut up shop? If it, if it's going away from them, do they just be like, right, we need to make sure we come out of here with something? Do you know? Or is it like, chase it for a win? And how are Munster going to approach the game? Because... Realistically, whether Munster get a bonus point or not, probably won't end up making a difference. It'll just come down to how Exeter get on. Um yeah. maybe my maths could be wrong there. I don't know. Apologies if I'm wrong. But I'd be really interested in both sides approach to it. And then Northampton, like, they're already out of the pool. You know, you're vying for top spot, which in Europe can actually be worse sometimes, like the way the draw goes. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see how they approach and how Munster approach it and just while we're on it, like Munster obviously named a pretty strong side. It wasn't their strongest side last week. Do you think they'll make any changes? Because I was going through it today and I just, bar maybe if Mike Haley's back, I could see a case for him coming back in. But even at that, does he come into the 23 if he doesn't start? Because like Sean O'Brien's the perfect number 23. Mm. Like you can't really change halfback, even though Connor's is, is Connor on the bench. Yeah. Um, the only one I could really think of is maybe Finney comes into the bench if he's fit, but
1: well yeah, I think that um Brian Gleason won't be available, won't he not? Because he's with the under-twenties I'm not
0: sure. He hasn't trained with the under twenties yet, as far as I know. Um, so it's don't know. I
1: could see like obviously if Ollie Yeager is fit, then he'll come in and i would say yes. that, I'd say that he would start and John Ryan would go to the bench. But other than that, like I I don't think, you know, if they wanted to do something like you know, start Fanina and move her and back to say, like, do they need to? I don't think they do. Like, I think that they could keep it pretty much as it was, Um, you know. Like it would say, be pretty
0: funny, too, if Peter Romani gets named Ireland captain and we're like,
1: and then you know what, Pete?
0: yeah, we're going to leave you on the bench because it's going to be kind of like, you know, that first, that Friday <laughs> or whatever, whatever the teams are named, it's just going to be like, all the guys who was on that press conference the other day, not me of course, um, all the guys who were on that press conference the other day being like, Peter Armani, not at six, not at seven, at nineteen. What is going on here? And the absolute number wag that'll ensue. But yeah, I, I think they'll leave I don't it think pretty it'll much. Happen.
1: I think they'll leave it pretty much as it as it was, except for, you know, like you might see something like Finanin come in on the bench, you know, if, if Jaeger's fit, obviously he'll play. Um, you know. You have sort of Mike Haley based Syria. You know, we'll see what happens there. Like, I assume it'll be Z-board. led by yours truly. Thank you very much. I <laughs> <laughs> think it'll be Zibo, but yeah, like, I, I think that they'll keep it pretty much the same. You know, it worked last week. Why won't it work this week?
0: That's it. And like, it's a home European game. I think I thought watching the game last week, Munster talks so much about Europe over the last two years and not really gotten big wins the Northampton game in Franklin's Gardens was probably the closest they came to a big win of the last two years. It does feel like that was a big psychological monkey off the back last week as well. And like heading into this week where like if they turn over Northampton and by the lap of the gods, they end up with a home round of 16 game. Then it's like you're in plus territory mentally and all that. So yeah, it would be nice. You, You think they'll win? Do you think they'll get that bonus point? Or do you just feel like like with the conditions, it's kind of hard to say, but like, you know,
1: I'm gonna say no. Um, but I like it wouldn't be the most surprising thing to me in the world either, because yeah. be, just because of the way that Monster play. But I'm gonna say that they will just win. Um, I think that they'll get that third place spot, and like we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, look, well, I I I'm fed up with being outshone in the optimism, so I'm gonna say we're gonna get the bonus point. Viva le Bayon. You're gonna do it for us, and I'm gonna be chanting "EC EC C'est Bayonnez for the rest of the week, and it's gonna be great vibes. Um, I don't know if I fully believe that, but I'm just gonna wish it into happening.
1: See, the thing Am is, I might even watch the extra it. game
0: just to let it happen.
1: I believe it when I say it, so it means more. It's more genuine. It's more authentic. <laughs> like you're just sort of saying shit, but like I do think the monster will win. I think they'll end up in that third place spot, and um, you I do know, think
0: we're getting the bonus point. I I just i feel like it i could happen.
1: see it i could see it happening but i could i could still see monster ended up in that third place spot even with the bonus point yeah. um you know and like fingers crossed it's you know a nice french team and i can go on my little mini break because i'd love a little holiday you know i have hotels reserved in european cities all over the place and i'd love to use I'm one stop
0: <laughs> um yeah what's what's the ideal what's the ideal venue
1: to I'd love to go back to Toulouse. Toulouse was my favourite place I went during the World Cup. Um, I'd love to go back there. You know, La Rochelle, obviously, like for the plot, would be just insane. Yeah. But there'd be um, no
0: tickets to be got.
1: I also would really enjoy the sort of beating La Rochelle in La Rochelle in a knockout game. Um, would just would just make me laugh for reasons that, you know, I'm sure that people can figure out. Um, yeah. I I'd love it to be Leinster. I really kinda of would. Like something about going back to Leinster to play a knockout game. Um, you know, yeah, I'd I'd really enjoy that. I'd love the sort of three months of building up to that. Um, you know, sort of bubbling away under the Six Nations. Yeah, I'd I'd enjoy it no matter what, like as long as it's not the Bulls.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't like Bordeaux because I think they're playing really, really well. Bordeaux Me. is like
1: I'd like Bordeaux in terms of like getting to go to Bordeaux, but then at the same yeah. time, like Bordeaux are playing really fucking well and like they might actually win this whole competition. So like I'd kind of rather Munster not have to go play away <laughs> against them, I guess.
0: Yeah. think Leon, I, think, Leon, I think Munster
1: Monster could definitely beat Leon. I'd just rather yeah. not have to watch them do it. Saracens are done, cooked, finished, dust. Any yeah. English team, any English team, Munster could beat them in a knockout game, I think. Oh, hundred um, percent.
0: That's that's what I was that's what I was gonna say. Like even Bath at the wreck would be really Bath at the Rec would probably be the toughest possible. That would be a great game. game.
1: That would be a yeah. great game.
0: Johan would absolutely come over and thank the Monster fans win, lose a draw and they'd be like, Ha ha, screw you, Irish should be Yeah, he really does <laughs> like us. Extra extra Northampton, I'd love another cut at them. I'd love another quarter of them if it kept.
1: Exeter, I think, would be very interesting after the the way in which Munster lost that game in December. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we'll know in a few days.
0: Yeah, I mean, will we be back in a few days? God already knows.
1: Because
0: <laughs> listen, we're busy people, like. Um, but yeah, any English team would be ideal. We don't want South Africa because it's too far away.
1: And anyone but the bulls, you know. I think that like even if it transpired that it was the stormers, like obviously anywhere but stormers South Africa, have never
0: beaten Monster. Obviously,
1: it? obviously anywhere but South Africa is the ideal, but really it's anywhere but the bulls. Um yeah and I'd be happy with it and I'd back Munster, you know. Racing, like I... I'd I'd love to go back to I'd love to go to the disco dome. Yes. It was my sort of my biggest regret from my time at the World Cup was that the top 14 wasn't running alongside. So, there wasn't anything happening yeah. in the disco dome for me to go to. It's a real bucket list place uh, for me. So, you that's know, good I'd love shout. that. I'd love that's, that. That's Anywhere. my new
0: number one. Paris, <laughs> La Defense Arena. We're all just going to go out in the pitch afterwards and pretend that we're like Gilbert or Jack Crowley kicking drop goals um, as there's a disco going on at one end of the pitch. And it's just going to be cool. It's going to be vibes. And we're going to become the first. I'm pretty sure. Sh- oh, no. Quinn's bet them, didn't they? Quinn's bet them there.
1: Before Please, the Queens
0: are the first non French team to beat them there in Europe. So
1: damn Monster it. will be the that could
0: us. Yeah, but we're good at beating long wheeling runs, so that's the issue.
1: <laughs> whoever whoever it ends up being, you know, Monster will simply win and it'll be great. But um
0: and we might know, even be there with travel tips. Who knows?
1: You're gonna you, try and be there anyway. I will be there, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wherever Munster play unless, obviously unless it's South Africa like financially I'm not really set up to go to South Africa right now again but um, you know like England I I do England but at the same time I just feel like England's like a waste of a trip because it's like basically just Ireland Gosh. but shitter it's just you know and I want to go to like France would be lovely at that time of year England would just be kind of shit because it's England but we'll L- see London we'll would be ideal
0: week. London would be ideal but like it's shit stadiums like the stoop <laughs> and you fucking know, Saris
1: next week we can talk about it because we'll actually know where Monster are going instead of just rattling off every team in the it'll, competition. It'll be, a,
0: it'll be a travel podcast next week <laughs> because it'll be too far out from the Crusaders so why not a travel podcast with us and we might... oh
1: yeah I kind of forgot that there's like no games
0: yeah no unlike last year there was a game last year but we will have the Crusaders game after this no matter what happens at the weekend we'll yeah. always have Crusaders in super value parky queens <laughs> <laughs> I and think on we'll that leave.
1: note.
0: I'm <laughs> on that note. I think we'll leave it there, Patricia. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, Monster get the job done. And everyone, if you're going to Tallman Park At the weekend, bring hoodies, hats, scarves, headbands waterproofs long done seven pairs you of socks you are
1: listening to this and you haven't been to Thoman Park before or you haven't been to Thoman Park at this time of year before however many layers you think is enough add three more layers and then you might <laughs> be all right like <laughs> ge- genuinely <laughs> genuinely yeah. like I will normally wear like a thermal and a long sleeve and a you know a hoodie and a jacket and a coat and a hat and earmuffs and gloves and a scarf and two pairs of socks I'll, I always wear tights under my trousers and like you know a big pair of
0: shoes and i'm still cold so yeah so there's there's your advice wrap up be loud enjoy it if they tell you to take your phones out if there's a light show you take your take phones out. out and yeah. you enjoy it um yeah that's it for this week until next week or whenever <laughs> whenever we'll see um it's been a pleasure patricia and hopefully months to get the job done
1: I press start.